you are listening to Help, I'm a Freelancer. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about setting boundaries as a freelancer. This could be setting boundaries with yourself, with clients, or with your friends or those who you're in a relationship with. So I just wanted to preface this before we kind of get into the general chit chat, because I think it's 2023 and people throw a lot of self-help slash pseudo psychological terms out there and use them to their own benefit. So, you know, you might say that finishing work at three is self-care, but your boss might not agree, for example. When it comes to setting boundaries, a lot of people will say that they're setting a boundary when actually what they mean is their intention is for the other person to do something for them. While we're talking about this whole subject, it's really important to remember that boundaries aren't you telling other people what to do. They're guidelines for what you will respond to. And I guess with boundaries as well, you don't necessarily have to tell people don't call me before 8am, you just literally don't answer the phone. What you're saying is, rather than telling people, you need to do this or you can't do this, it's your actions are telling them through your actions and behavior that you can and cannot treat that person or treat yeah, them that's exactly in a it. certain way. If it's something that you teach someone with your behavior, then chances are it's a boundary. If it's something that you're directly having to say, I want you to do this for me, that's just you telling someone else what to do, which isn't particularly fair. I think it's a good idea to have these boundaries in your mind ahead of time. And then you know how to respond to different things. So you know not to pick up the phone before 8am, for example. They shape the way that you work and the way you interact with others and also the way you interact with yourself. One of the ones we wanted to talk about, probably the main one that comes to mind, is how you set boundaries with clients. If you're starting out as a freelancer or you are an existing freelancer and you feel like you're running around like a headless chicken, which is how I felt in the first kind of few months, I would say start with boundaries. And that's how clients communicate with you, how they can contact you, when they can contact you. I think that's the biggest thing. And that is actually a massive factor in you being able to manage your time, feel less stressed and every other thing that goes with freelancing. Boundaries are the fundamental baseline and then you can build from there. If you feel super stressed or not able to manage your time, strip it back to your boundaries. So if you've got clients who are adding you on Instagram and you've got a personal Instagram, it's not a business Instagram, for example, or a personal Facebook or whatever, then you need to think about whether you want them to see your personal stuff. I know in the past, I've set this boundary for myself, like I don't want my clients being connected with me on my personal social medias. It really depends what you use your social media for. So like, We can talk about Facebook. I don't really use Facebook anymore. I don't think anyone our age group is using it in the way they did in 2007. But Instagram, I use this kind of personal, I don't know, maybe a diary. I upload photos of, I'm just explaining what Instagram is. I upload photos as and when it happens. It's not the face of my brand. It's not a business account. It's literally me going to Yorkshire Wildlife Park or going on holiday, or most of the time going to a wedding, that content isn't really, it's not unsuitable for clients, but it gives them an insight that isn't the professional side of my life at all. Having said that, I do have 
one of my clients on there. I think the reason I have her is because we have a stronger relationship. The way we speak to each other is more sort of friendly. And I've worked with her since like 2018. But I would say for new clients, I'm probably not going to be adding them on social media. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think there are people like business owners and things who use Instagram as a personal but also business place. You kind of need to choose from the outset. Is your Instagram... Because some freelancers' clients are on Instagram. You need to just set that boundary from the outset. Are you going to use it for business and personal? Are you bothered about if the personal life seeps into the business life and whether your clients see that or not? I would say another boundary would be working outside of your service area. So I've had this before where a client has said to me, I've been writing blog posts for them. And then they've said to me, will you rewrite this document was more of an admin project they wanted me to read through it and then amend any things that were not quite right and I just said to them look this is not something that I do my service area is blog writing for example so they said to me okay no problem just seeing if it's something that you would be willing to do but I said no in a kind of polite way they're not going to stop working with you in other areas. I think it probably builds a level of respect that you've been really honest and said, that's not my area. Having a scope of what you do with a client and what they can expect of you from the start prevents things like that as well. Writing's such a difficult one because everything is writing. Writing emails is writing technically. Proofreading a document, editing a document. If a client needs something, that could all fall into the same world. So you have to be really specific about what it is that you do. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of random things that I could potentially do, but it's a case of, do I want to focus my time on doing those things? No, I don't want to be doing admin work because that's not why I'm a freelancer. I want to be doing writing, writing blogs and stuff. It's setting those boundaries again, you know, thinking, what am I doing? What do I want to do? And if people offered me X, Y, and Z, would I be open to doing it? Yes or no, basically. If you don't want to do it, don't feel like you should do it just because a client has asked you to do it set those boundaries early on or be honest with them yeah and there shouldn't be a problem I think that leads us into another one from clients and that's asking for free work because you might write an article you just focus on articles so we're both writers but you might write an article send it off and they might come back to you with edits and you'll do them and then they come back again actually I need this editing and you'll do them And if you don't have a set out fee for how much you're charging for edits, or if it doesn't say, for example, in one of my contracts, it says we have two rounds of edits for each piece, which is quite a lot, actually, but it's there. It's there in writing. I know by the second round, this is the last round. (laughs) Planning is another one. A lot of clients will ask you to plan their content. That's free work. So I think knowing, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but knowing where your boundary is for that, knowing what you're willing to do for free, what comes into building the client relationship and sustaining it, and then what comes into, okay, they're actually asking me to do the work of an employee for no extra money. How do you handle that? I I really struggle with it, to be honest, but I think one thing is setting out, as you say, in the contract very clearly how many edits are acceptable, being honest with them and saying, look, this is going to cost a little bit more. I have done this in the past, but I haven't done it since where clients were kind of taking the mick, wanting to have meetings with me very, very often, like multiple times per week as extra work to discuss analytics and things like this that weren't in my scope of work. And I said to them, 
look, if you want to have extra meetings with me, then it's going to cost because I have other clients. And so it's not going to be fair if I don't work on their needs as well. And I worded it like that because they really weren't necessarily meetings and the things could have been just spoken about on email. One of my main clients, they have quarterly meetings. And for me, a quarterly meeting of half an hour for one of my biggest clients, that is fine. Like I'm not giving anything away there really. And I'm happy to do it. I think it builds a nice team and I get to see people who are usually I'm editing their work they're editing my work that's fine but they sent an email around saying by the way don't forget the meeting and you can charge for this like they actually outlined that they said if you wanted to I don't do it because their rates are good and I like working with them I've got no reason to charge for half an hour when it's just me having a coffee you have to know that in your own mind and know do you feel like you're being taken advantage of or not Yeah, that's true, actually. And I do know one person who literally charges for everything. I'm writing a blog, I won't typically charge for researching that blog or coming up with the topic ideas, for example, but I know someone who does actually charge for that. Again, it's working out your boundaries first, and then presenting them to your clients. You have to understand how much time it's taking you, how much value it is to them, and how much stress it's causing. There's so many different things to weigh up. But like you say, just having it clear in your mind ahead of time, not agreeing to summit because you think you should. Definitely. So what about friends and relationships then with boundaries? How can you kind of set the boundaries to respect your time? I guess it's in a different way to your clients, but it's a similar boundary. Obviously, we know this as freelancers, you can work whenever, wherever but we each have our own schedules. You need to know how flexible you're willing to be. So for example, if your dad calls up and says, I want to go for brunch, nice little scenario. Are you willing to push your work around to do that? Or do you have to say, no, actually, I've mapped out this time. I'm going to be doing this in this period. How does that work for you? Most of the time, I'll just be like, okay, today between these hours, I'm going to be working. And that's just that. If you're in another location where you need, you want to make the most of being in a different place, I find it a little bit more difficult working out how to set those boundaries of when I work and when I don't work. And usually I'm swayed and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's spend the afternoon away. But then I'm thinking in the back of my mind, oh, I've got so much work to do and stuff. If you're actually thinking about work, then it's not really worth it. I think that's my go-to. I really enjoy the flexibility of freelance and I really enjoy the idea that I can go and meet someone at the gym for an hour now if I wanted to and then carry on. That's great. But that doesn't mean you have to. And I think making it clear to people that you're not just available because you're available it's quite difficult are you the go-to person who goes and sets up a party that's going to start at five because you have the flexibility to do it in the day it's that kind of thing like does it typically land on you because people know that you have that flexibility and how can you make it clear to them that actually your job is just as important as their job I've actually had a number of friends who have said to me oh I've got a day off on whatever day do you want to come do something with me or do you want to spend the day out in Manchester or something it kind of irritates me a little bit because I think you're not really respecting the fact that I also work you wouldn't ask me this if I worked in a job just because I don't need to ask a manager can I take the day off that doesn't mean that I can take the day off. If it's planned well in advance, I mean a couple of weeks or whatever, and it's something that I want to do, I'll make the time for it and I'll move things around. I don't really have a problem with that. 
but it's more the off the cuff or the kind of admin-y things. Oh, you're free, you can do this. And it's like, well, no, I'm actually not free. I've got things to do. I've been blocking myself out way too much at the minute where things won't move. I haven't really got any room to move today's work to tomorrow or so-and-so. That's a problem on my part, but also people don't understand that you might be in that position. They just think you can move everything out your diary and you're free. Just set the boundary early on and the more consistent that you are with people, maybe about saying no or about saying, oh, if I'm going to have a day off, I really need a couple of weeks notice. You just have to be really clear about that. Yeah, yeah. Then people get the idea, okay, she works like me. You don't have to be rude as well. It's not a point of proving yourself and saying, well, actually I work. I've done that in the past. I've said, I have a job too. It's just a case of being like, no, I have a deadline. Deadline's a good word. That's a really good one. If I need someone to leave me alone, I'm like, I actually have a deadline that day. It's magic. People just disappear. They're like, okay, bye. (laughs) Another boundary would be talking about money and stuff. I hate talking about money. I have no interest in talking about money with anyone. I can see how it can be beneficial, especially for freelancers amongst themselves. Nice to know if you're massively undercharging or massively overcharging. You can only really gauge that by talking to other people in a similar scenario. But when it comes to friends, I don't know because I've never had a salary. I don't think I'd be comfortable telling people what my salary is. I'm certainly not comfortable telling people how much I earn per piece, how much I earn per day, how much I earn per year. Why does that make you uncomfortable? There's two sides to it. I think that people presume that freelancers make no money and I don't want to have to sit here and defend it and be like, actually, I got this much for that piece because that feels horrible. The other side of it is I just think it's no one's business. It's a personal thing for me. And the only times I've done it is when I've been caught off guard, maybe when I'm talking a lot and I accidentally overshare. And then I feel so bad afterwards. I'm like, oh, I don't want them to think that I'm overpaid. I don't want them to think that I'm under. You know, it just makes me uncomfortable. Mm, That's interesting, actually. I'm not too bothered about it if I'm talking about the topic with someone who I trust. I think the biggest thing for me is, let's say I earned quite a big amount per month. It would make me feel uncomfortable telling someone because I wouldn't want them to think like, oh, she's she's earning way too much for what she's doing or how is she earning that much or, you know, have these kind of ideas. It can create a weird dynamic. I just think people will have an opinion and I'd rather not hear it. Whatever it is, unless it's someone I trust whose opinion is going to be valuable to me. If their opinion is just going to be based on, oh, well... I don't think you should be doing that. I don't Mm. like it. But to be honest, to like completely go against everything we've literally just said, if your friend or person you're talking to is a freelancer, it's so important to talk about how much you can earn from different things because freelancers are prone to underselling themselves so I think it is quite important to to have that conversation and I recently had this exact conversation with someone who I just met who's also in business and I was a bit uncomfortable about talking about how much I charge for x y and z and but in in having that conversation they made me realize that I have the power to charge more or to be more stubborn about my prices and not lower them and that that's the specific circumstance where it is helpful and I think there should be transparency between people who work in a similar industry there are resources as well journalism.co.uk has a list of standardized prices when I'm talking to someone about my rates and they are doing something similar to me that's professional but if a friend asks me oh how much did you make on Tuesday that's a bit of a a boundary for me (laughs) yeah fair enough 
So what about boundaries with yourself? Because this is probably the most important one. This one's difficult because I think when we think about boundaries, we think about the trouble that everyone else is causing us, you know, clients and friends. But actually, we stand in our own way a lot more than other people do. One of the first ones that we wanted to touch on was not feeling guilty about taking time for yourself. So I'll give a quick example. This morning, I have this to do. And then I have a really nice article to write after this, which I'm excited about I've cleared my day out just for that what is it oh my god it's about gaslighting can you send it to me when it's done I've been saving this is like a little treat article for me to write but then as I was getting ready today I was like oh if I get that done I can do a bit of my Tuesday work and I was thinking oh my god what is wrong with me the reason I've mapped out the whole day is so a I'm not stressing or rushing the article and b when it's finished I can relax but then I kind of gaslight myself into being like okay, but if you finish that, there's some other work you can do. And that's guilt. That comes from the worry. I'm I'm always like pushing my downtime to another day. Like I don't deserve it today. I'll have it on Tuesday. And then on Tuesday, I'll be like, oh no, I could do next week's work. It's a vicious cycle. It's really rooted in guilt. For sure. I read somewhere to-do lists are very, very dangerous in that sense because they're constantly being added to and you just never finish them because there's always something to do. So I think setting that boundary of, okay, what would I be happy finishing today? And at the beginning of the day or the day before, think about what will I be satisfied with if I completed on this day? And then write those things down. So then you know, once you've completed those things, you told yourself that you would be satisfied and you have done that. So therefore, you don't need to do any more. And that what's even more important than doing work is having the downtime, relaxing, taking your mind off things, because otherwise you can't sustain your working. If you're burnt out and you're working till six, seven, and you're just like, oh, and then the next day you're sleeping late, it has a knock-on effect. And we do know that. It's about blocking out the free time just as much as you would block out the work time. This point links nicely into our next point, which is getting distracted and procrastinating. If you didn't have those things, the distractions, then you would get your stuff done quicker. So then you'd feel better. And then you'd also have the time for the downtime. I'm reading a book at the moment. Don't ask me what it's called. It could even be distractible or something like this. It says that you need times of deep work. And if you're wanting to check social media or these are the distractions on your computer or on your phone or in life in general... You need to think to yourself, okay, yeah, I'll do that, but in like 10 minutes when I finish this, delay that distraction. I'm not a neurologist nor a neuroscientist. I, I think our brains are wired to distraction though. We're, we're always looking for it. it. When I'm working, I'll write a paragraph and I'm like, oh, I'll check Instagram or I'll check TikTok. TikTok's the worst one because it's a hole. It's so dangerous. I do Pomodoro. I can't sing its praises enough because I can work for, I think it's 20 minutes. And I know I've got that five minute break and outlining it like that, it makes it so much easier because you know it's coming and often it'll get to the end and that little bell will go off and then I'm like oh I'm still working and I might go over a little bit but the point is is that it gets you into the flow rather than me going oh I've done a sentence I deserve a reward. Mm, Yeah one of the biggest downfalls for freelancers and people in general are distractions. Some days I am highly distractible Mm. Um, I've seen you like that 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 wasn't as that sounded really targeted and mean (laughs) I've seen you when you yeah when we've been out working together and you're like 
you just want to chat this is why it sticks out in my head because you're normally very focused and then you'll be like oh I want to talk I want to tell you about this should we do this and your head isn't in it yeah yeah I guess it's finding when you're like that and maybe doing easier things like when I'm like that I try and do things that I don't necessarily need to focus on it's working with how you feel on that day as well like that sounds so silly but you've got so many things that you need to do I know my brain today wouldn't be in a good place to do one of my more difficult clients or one of my more difficult sort of admin tasks I am ready to do other things and I'm feeling more creative but yeah limiting your distractions there are plenty of ways to do that whatever method you use you'll actually be amazed at how much you do when you stop looking at social media or online shopping or chatting to someone during the day it makes such a difference I'm one of these people who can be very focused and I could probably sit down for an hour and just be focused for an hour I think it comes from studying law and the number of hours that you need to study for is trained me to be able to focus for long periods of time like I had to sit more than three hours the exams were and I wasn't distracted once. I was focused for those three hours. So I think it really trains you to do that. But if I'm in one of these moods where I'm distractible, anything will distract me. It doesn't It doesn't even have to be social media or anything. I could be people watching or just staring outside and just thinking of stuff. My own thoughts distract me because there's so many of them it's crazy it is working with that it's knowing some days you're going to feel like that and what are the easy things you can do and other days just trying to limit yourself and focus on some kind of separation between okay this is now work time in whatever amount of time I'll have a little break and I'll check all of that and I'll look for those concert tickets and I'll buy the shoe rack and I'm just listing the things I want to do You've been listening to Help, our freelancer. See you again next week. Bye. Bye.